Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode here at Barnes University Radio. We just finished up Super Wild Card Weekend, the first of its sort, the first Super Wild Card Weekend where we had a seventh seed playing the number two seed in both conferences, which was a pretty cool thing having three games, a triple header. Um, it's pretty exciting. They were all great games. Um, but we're going to talk about the Titans. Um, had a matchup with the Ravens. They were the four seed, won the AFC South. Um, so the Ravens, the five seed, had to travel to Nashville. Um, a highly emotional game. Um, the emotion of choice was revenge. First matchup, the Tennessee Titans traveled to Baltimore to beat the Ravens in overtime. And before the game, there was a breakdown. If you're unfamiliar with what a breakdown is, is when a team, you know, is all together and they break down, they kind of meet, and then they have a breakdown. Well, the Titans have this thing where they meet at the logo and they break down their team from the logo. Um, I'm not sure if they only do it on the road or they do it even at home. I'm not sure if it's just a road thing. I don't know why. Well, Coach Harbaugh, the coach for the Baltimore Ravens, took offense to that the last time they met up in Baltimore for the game. So, you know, it was this big, you know, back and forth uh, with with Coach Harbaugh and Malcolm Butler. I think A.J. Brown was present. I'm not sure if he said anything. Um I'm sure Darren Bates was somewhere yelling in the background, Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons and then coach, you know, coach Vrabel and coach Harbaugh had some 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 words for each other, Um, you know, where I think Vrabel said just coach Harbaugh said is disrespectful. And, you know, here we are. There was a good sign that these two teams were going to meet each other, and um, that's what it come, you know, and and that the result of the game was the Tennessee Titans getting beat twenty to thirteen at their house, and an interception off of a poor read by Tannehill, um, and then it leading to them getting their revenge on the Titans logo. Now the young me, the young, the young me would have been extremely upset. And I would have, you know, it would have been extremely disheartening to see another team stump on the logo. But I've come to the realization is I have no control over what the Titans do. I am in the profession of roster engineering and player evaluation. So I actually have the ability to help that team and have actually put together a game plan this year that would have helped this team. But it, even, it leads me even more to be emotionless about what occurred and more objective than anything else. Um, and it leads me to two points that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the, I guess, what people would like to call the Patriot way. But for me, it's common sense. Don't give teams bulletin board material. Um, if anything, you hype them up, you keep it on a neutral playing field. And I think there's no other team than the Patriots that have done that well over the past two decades is that they don't create bulletin board material. You saw a case of that rear its ugly head with the Steelers and Browns game where Juju Smith-Schuster 
made derogatory statements towards the Browns, saying that the Browns are still the Browns, and they lost. So you don't want to give players now. This is the playoffs, right? The cliche is if if you if you're not ready to to play or you're if you're not highly motivated to play um, for a playoff game, then you shouldn't be there. But the fact still remains, and the fact of the matter is that players find any and everything to motivate them. So let it not be something that you said or did to them. Allow them to generate their own motivation. Allow them to bring their own energy. Don't create that energy. And that's something that I'm a big fan of. There's no need to talk. There's no need to taunt. There's no need to have a certain type of bravado about yourself other than making plays on the football field. Secondly, the roster dynamics of this Tennessee Titans that I saw before the season started continue to be a problem throughout the year. Now, once again, I like to preface these statements because I don't know if people, and I don't really care, but I I really do have to state this, that people somehow see what I do and what I say as common. What is common is an opinion. It's like a butthole. Everyone has one. That's common. What is common, the ability to create a Twitter account, a blog, even a website, that's common. Being accurate from time to time. That could be common, but less common. And then from there, you got to see who's actually more common, more more accurate on a case by case basis. I will have to tell you one thing, and I'm going to say it for the last time on the airwaves in this fashion is what I do is a rarity. I have yet to find someone on the platform of Twitter who has their own website, who is as accurate as myself, who has pretty much covered a tight a whole team, for me, the Titans, since their inception, and then uh, and have documented proof of accuracy over the past eight years, at the very least, going into nine. Those things add up. It's a rarity. It's an anomaly. And some of the things that I that I am able to uh, dissertain, dis, disser, be have some discernment over, and apply my analytics and problem solving could have helped this franchise in each year in the past eight to nine years. So when you have a franchise that has not won a championship, if you look at their historic record. Since inception, it's slightly over 500. Excuse me. To me, that tells me that's a franchise that should be trying to get as much help as possible. Now, I'm not masking anything I do as savior. I'm just trying to assist. So let's look at some of the problems that Tennessee Titans had from top to bottom. You start off with the quarterback position. You resigned him to it. You extended him to a deal, resigned him, whatever you want to call it. And I agree with that. The numbers made sense. I felt like it was a steal. I would have had some injury clauses in there um, as well as 
some other things, some options, right? But overall, good signing. Quarterback two position, the whole year was iffy. Didn't like it. I am a Logan Woodside fan, but I just haven't seen enough. And I felt like there were some players out there um, that could have been a better insurance policy had Tannehill went down. But it, it didn't happen that way. So we'll, we'll, we'll call that a push. The running back position, um, the deal that they signed Henry to was a steal. I'm not opposed to that, but I'm but I am opposed to having one back carry the ball almost 400 times and just keep continue to ride him because ultimately his historic 2000 yard season was the undoing of this Tennessee Titans um, for this season. It was too reliant on the run game, too reliant of, of waiting for Derrick Henry to save you. Whereas with me, it is documented and recorded on live of me taking the arguably the best rookie running back from this draft class, past draft class, 2020 draft class, in Antonio Gibson. Um, And what that would have done for your team, it would have given you the ability to win ball games in a multitude of ways. Um just from that one player and then obviously other moves incorporated. I am a big fan of the the two two back system. I'm not such a fan of a one guy doing everything. And I'll tell you why. Now, running backs run with pace. They run with distinct characteristics. They run with a certain amount of uh, identity, right? Derrick Henry's is he's a momentum runner, you know. Um, exceptional lateral fluidity for someone his size. He has a great stiff arm and has separation speed, right? His his pace is, you know, slow and steady until it gets momentum, right? Now, when defenders play that, they, they have an internal clock on how they play Derrick Henry. So it's like they have a countdown in their head how he runs the ball. When is the stiff arm coming? When is the cutback coming? Can I close, you know, is my angle good, right? Defenders have that. Now you take a running back like Antonio Gibson, who has a different running pace. Choppier steps, better footwork. You know, his his feet hit the ground faster. They come off more rapid fire. His cuts are a little bit more fine-tuned. He can round the edge a little bit better with more agility. Um... And his pace is a a tad bit faster than Derrick Henry's when approaching the line um, in terms of ability to start stop. Incredibly impressive with Antonio Gibson. So when you have a two back system and especially when you have two runners who run the football in different ways. So when you have a defensive end crashing the line of scrimmage. um, Twenty let's say 15 times with Derrick Henry, and then you switch it up and add a, a Antonio Gibson, that split second where that defensive end has gotten so used to Derrick Henry being in the game, he's crashing the line of scrimmage. Oh, there goes Antonio Gibson with a with a cutback. He misses the tackle. And then instead of having a two-yard Derrick Henry run, you end up having a 12-yard Antonio Gibson run, therefore giving you a first down, Therefore, changing the complexion of a game, specifically a game and a matchup like the Ravens. So with that being said, 
that was a gaffe on the ability to listen. Like people that know me know this account know that I've been using multiple ways to try to get my work in front of Tennessee Titans executives. Now, this year will be very different. This year will be very much exclusive and I'm giving out very little information as opposed to team building. On my website, I I will be sharing my rankings with my supporters and just for myself, just to have that there um, for content for my website, or at least the blog portion. But as far as team building, free agents, they're getting nothing from me because it's like, I put my work in front of this team for years and every single year I knock it out the park to some capacity and yet there's there's no listening and the Tennessee Titans fan base continued continue have to live in this state of placebo which the Tennessee Titans are living in. They put together this placebo effect with Titans. They come together with these hashtags but yet they don't deliver. Now, there was this popular media team uh, in the Nashville area who who posed the question, was this a wasted season for the Tennessee Titans? And I said, any season that you don't win a championship is a wasted season. Now, what I've always believed is every season you create a memory for fans. You create an experience for fans. Was this a great experience for fans this year? Yes. But there are times when you don't even make the playoffs and team and, and and fans are more satisfied because depending on how the the excitement of the season went, I can think of two seasons in general that that were more exciting than this playoff year. But yet now we have to have a division title, which is great. This is these are accomplishments. You're checking off accomplishments. You're checking off goals. But now you pick later in the draft. You're later in priority. And those two years that I can think prior that were more exciting than this year, 2006 was exciting. We didn't make the playoffs, but it was more exciting than this year. 2009 was more exciting than this year. Um, The year that CJ went for 2,000 yards, but we didn't make the playoffs that year either. So excitement and experience can be had in any year, whether you make the playoffs or not. It is a waste if you don't bring home the Lombardi and it it is a straight placebo effect to try to shove this down your fans throats when you don't even listen to everybody opinion. Like, yes, people within that building, they're hired to give their opinion. But when you got somebody who's giving a I mean, my dissertations and my game plans that I send the Tennessee Titans are 10 times better than any resume from some uh, somebody from some other organization that doesn't know how things work in Tennessee, doesn't have the historical context, doesn't doesn't put in the work day and night um, that that I do specifically for this team over the past decade because they've been doing it for another club. So with that being said, the Titans got what they deserved. They had a great season, but ultimately they got what they deserved. And that's just the most frank response to it. You get what you deserve when you don't turn every stone. When you do not turn every stone, when you do not poke and poach the talent that's surrounding you, then you get what you deserve. And that's that. And I will see you on the next one.